Well, welcome once again, Rebel Scum, to another pulse-pounding episode of Pop Cultish, the podcast that can say definitively that porgs are the other white meat. <laughs> well, we are here to talk Star Wars tonight. We're going to be talking some Star Wars. I've got some special guests with me. I've got uh, my good friend Luke here with me. Hello. And uh, my good friend John as well. Hello, hello, Porg Life, baby. There you go. Very nice. So we've uh, we've we've assembled the crew here to kind of talk Star Wars because I think we are all of the similar vein that that we saw the movie once. We saw the Last Jedi the first time, and we're very. I think we all had some opinions on it, and then we saw the movie again. So, so we've we've each seen it twice. Yes, that's right. right. So yes, um, potentially. Some ideas have changed. Potentially, maybe not. Some some ideas may have solidified. I don't know. We're just we'll we'll go around and, and we'll talk about it because there's there's a lot to talk about. It's a big movie. Um, it's a, it a long movie. It was the longest in the series, I believe. Was it like two and a half hours? I believe that's what I heard. Yes. Yeah. Around two and a half ish. A so little yes. bit more. So so it's a healthy one, and this is this is round table. We don't have a starting point. We don't have any idea where it's going to go. So uh, I figured we just jump in. Who wants to who wants to start us off here? Well, first of all, just be, before we go, give me a if 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 you're we'll go around real quick and we'll give give me if you're adamantly thumbs up if you're real into it give me a thumbs up if you're if you're if you still are are really really displeased with it I need a thumbs down and then if you're in the middle you can give me a give me a thumb sideways. I I think I, I don't know I might change my opinion by the time we're all <laughs> done talking about it. Um, I I think I've got. Like a sideways thumb, okay. maybe like a diagonal towards the up, All right. which is very different from how I felt after that first viewing. That's fair. So, so you're trending upwards. I, is what I'm you're trending saying. upwards. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. John, I'm gonna have to say I was maybe slightly thumbs up. Uh, I could saw, see the points where people hated it. I could also see the direction that things could go. Upon the second v- viewing, I'd have to say I'm. Definitely a lot more in the thumbs up category. Okay, so you started up and are moving further up. Yes. So, okay. I started and I was not. I was really not pleased with the first viewing, like at all. You know, I had a I, I had an advanced press screening, so I saw it like you know a couple weeks ago now. And um, everybody else, I mean, the other critics who were there seemed very pleased with it, and I just I was not. I was. I was trending in the thumbs down region, but then I saw it the second time. Um, before I saw it, I kind of established some theories on on what I think Ryan Johnson and the, and the Disney machine is trying <laughs> to do. And now, having seen it with with those ideas in my head, I'm trending more to a middle of the road, thumbs not up nor down. You know, so yeah. So well, so I realized, um, and I'll, I'll try to get this out as quick as I can. Um, <laughs> we got time. We got time. I, I have this habit when I go into a movie expecting something. I have a bad habit of walking out of it, you know, immediately saying like, "Oh, I know what I would have done differently. Sure. I would have done X or Y, sure. or you know, differently. I would have cut that scene, or I would have, you know, maybe not cast a different actor because I'm not that good, but you know, I, I." I I have that habit of of immediately picking something apart, um, and that's exactly what I did this time with Last Jedi, and uh, I, I think, you know, and I I I walked out of there knowing this about myself, which is probably good, <laughs> because I honestly thought, okay, I didn't like it, but I can't tell if it's the movie's fault. Or my fault. <laughs> sure. Like, sure. you know, did I go into this expecting too much and it didn't meet my expectation and so I can't let it be on its sure. own? And and I, you know, on the second viewing and I can get deeper into it later, uh, but I, I think that is exactly what happened. Once I let it be itself, mm-hmm. you know, I'm inclined to see it more charitably now. Sure. Makes sense. Uh, that's why I was quick sidebar. That's why I was definitely a hundred percent, still kind of am with the Force Awakens. Like I, I had a, I had a very specific idea of how that movie was going to go down, and then it was essentially just a, a, a New Hope rehash. And I was like, this is not what I expected. This is not what I wanted. So, but yes, I, so I understand what you're saying there. So, what do you think? Yeah, um, just to kind of piggyback off the Force Awakens, what mm-hmm. I did was before seeing the new Last Jedi. Yeah. A couple of days before I went back and rewatched The Force Awakens, because I was kind of firmly in that camp, like, okay, this is strictly a rehash of what of what we've already seen. Yeah. But going back, rewatching it the second time, is like, okay, just kind of let that be a little bit. Okay, yes, they've done this before, but just kind of try to envision like where they wanted to try to do with the new characters 
where can it go and i kind of appreciate the movie a lot more just kind of letting those things be and seeing where it could go and just kind of leading into the last jedi kind of had those sort of same thing feelings like okay we've seen this in empire we've seen this in um episode six i'm blanking on return return yes but uh just kind of seeing that second time around you kind of the director and the characters most like kylo says okay let the past die Mm -hmm. was kind of the themes like it's okay you've seen this before but just kind of like just set aside see where we're trying to go with this and that kind of leads to a greater appreciation of where the story can go so and that's funny because i went into force awakens with no expectations whatsoever i just thought okay new star wars you know yeah. disney era so eh, i don't know you know jj abrams so maybe but i don't eh, yeah. yeah so i was more or less on the fence about it and you know i like it it's it's not the best of the series by any means um, but it's certainly not the worst. I mm-hmm. think we can all agree it was altogether now better Phantom than the previous. Better than the okay, three. Yes, I was going to say Phantom Menace specifically. Yeah. But Phantom yeah. Menace. <laughs> and the clone, <laughs> oh, for sure. Lord, what a snooze fest Phantom Menace was. But any of the prequels. Sure. Yes. Um, you know, so I, I was okay with that. I actually had really dim expectations for Rogue One. Like, I really thought, like, this is a story we don't need. Like, I don't need to know how they, you know, stole the plans sure. and snuck out, you know, through the Death Star cafeteria or what have you. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I don't really know or care about this. And when it came time to, you know, meet my very low expectations, blew it out of the water. Right. I really liked it. I, uh, Rogue One, I think, is still my favorite of the newer post-original trilogy movies probably uh, but you make you make a good point though was it because expectations were lowered and it surpassed that as opposed to where our episode seven and eight the expectations for some of us were so high almost impossibly high maybe and i and i realized this is the first time that i have seen a star wars movie where i had expectations mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. by, by the time i was old enough to watch and understand movies Star Wars was all, all three movies were out, right. you know, you had the trilogy and that was it. And, you know, either you liked them or you didn't like them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, also very few kids, you know, are amateur film critics. So that helps. This is true. Um, <laughs> you just want to, you know, I, just, I grew up yes. on those movies and I thought they were great. I loved them. I watched them so many times, oh, yeah. wore out quite a few VHS tapes as I'm sure we've <laughs> all done. Um, and, you know, so I, I realized, you know, with no expectations for seven, low expectations for Rogue One, going into eight, I let myself get hyped up. I let myself think about, okay, what's going to happen? What has to happen? You know, where are they going to take the story? And when they went in some different directions like that, yeah, on that first viewing, I, I was let down because they didn't make my movie that I never wrote. Sure. Right. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Makes sense. Makes sense. So let's go. We'll go around here, and I don't. I don't really care who starts, but I like to I like to bounce and, and see see what our because I think we we all kind of have mixed opinions. You know, we we still think it's it's good to a degree. Maybe there are some faults and things like that. I like to see where we where we land on biggest what what we think the biggest miss of the film might be, and and our favorite maybe the favorite part. You know, so on on the two extremes, what did you what did you like the most? What what part or what you know generally wasn't the most thrilling for you i don't know if anybody has any strong opinions that they want to get right off their chest you're you're welcome to take the floor (laughs) um why don't you lead us off all right um so i will say the the biggest the the biggest thing that i enjoyed and it took me until the second viewing to to realize that, that that i did enjoy this the most was that climactic scene where luke after having said, I'm not going to come with my laser sword and face down the entire First Order, essentially comes with a laser sword and faces down the entire First Order, but does it his own way as this force ghost, which I initially, again, during my first viewing, I was kind of, I was mentally kind of poo-pooing it because I was like, well, this has never been done before and, you know, you know, in all the movies and things. But then when you go and you see it again, well, you see that Ray, you know, Ray and uh, Kylo had done it the entire movie. So it's kind of been established as a new or, you know, at least a, an ability to be there in, in more, in a more, 
corporeal form. And then, you know, when you see him go and do that, um, and, and I think it was also fun for me because that the second time I picked up more about Ryan Johnson, the director, giving us clues about how it wasn't really Luke. Like one of the biggest things like was when they when Kylo and Luke were facing off on the salt flats of Crate and Kylo dug his it, you got a close up shot of Kylo digging his heel in and yes. he and he left a streak of red. And mm-hmm. then you got a shot of Luke digging his heel in and he left no streak. Which indicates that he's not really there, you know. Yeah. And then like when, you know, after after then when Kylo goes into the base with the first order and picks up Han's gold cubes and they disappear, you know, well and none of that was ever really there. So um so it was very interesting to me that you know, and then of course it made sense the second time around, like, oh yes, he could of course he could survive that barrage of laser shots from all the ATSDs because he wasn't really there, you know. The first one yeah. like, you know, as I'm watching it live, not knowing that he was not you know that he was a force projection i was like what the hell you know he's not this powerful he's just luke he's just a guy yeah like of all the skywalkers like luke has always been the underachiever you know anakin at age 19 was a you know was a uh, jedi master or he had probably already changed to the you know to, to to the sith by that point you know uh padme was a senator or was a queen of her planet had already saved the planet from crisis leia at 19 was a senator luke at 19 was you know was making pew pew noises with his toys on uncle owen's farm so he's never been <laughs> yeah. the best skywalker by far but it but it was nice to i feel like it was kind of nice to see him on that redemptive journey so that's my that's that's probably my after the second viewing for sure my my favorite part of the film so so kind of more or less the whole expansion of the force powers because i think that's why maybe some people are like a little bit down of it it's like okay we've seen all these movies we have this set expectations this is what the force powers are this is what the force powers aren't right and the last jedi just kind of blows this out of the water and gives us this whole new universe to where it could go yeah yeah so and and it kind of takes you like that second viewing like okay you can kind of see it but you're down on it but then you see it again you have to open up your mind as i yes okay and i think we'll uh, we'll we'll circle back to this and expand on it more later but i think that uh, to at least to me from a long time star wars person that was it was that initial shock of things being so different yeah and then the second time through it it was more much more easier for me to swallow if you will so so yeah well i'll say you know even on that first viewing where i didn't like things very much yes i thought the movie itself looked fantastic the production design was just impeccable and did john williams not knock it out of the park with his the score was amazing working in the old leia's theme and everything as always yes yes yep um but just i mean even like the whole way that crate was designed Mm -hmm. you know just that little moment of the guy picking up the grain and salt (laughs) and then okay everything made sense and now it made sense to have those little crystal foxes i was like what is the pokemon crossover that we got with these salt evies i'm like all right that's not that's not first generation they y'all. were they were definitely know. into the animals yeah in, in, they were in definitely the last into Jedi, the animals that's for sure um but you know the the you know even the way like when they had the falcon flying through mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you saw the big crystals and it all worked yeah. it that mm-hmm. made sense um you know i thought the uh um scenes on the on snoke's ship you know there's there's that one moment and i i can't remember exactly when it happens um but it's i it might be when they're flying in to it uh and you see just the open space on this hangar and you see just rows of tie fighters yeah. and everything mm-hmm. that was cool um snoke's throne room with the the guards in the red armor i i know i guess that like bothered people at first when some of those first images leaked but that worked for me yeah i yeah i I think it harkens back again to what uh, people probably saw it when you see an image alone you see it harkening back to the royal guard and you're like Mm -hmm. oh they're just rehashing again so yes but but that's sort of the point too is is the first order is a warmed over empire yeah Yeah, and you know i think snoke wanted to be that emperor yeah yeah so yeah yeah, no, the, the production values on the film were, were phenomenal. It's a, obviously Disney spared no expense on that, and it's, it, it pays off. So even the CGI was good. I didn't, th- I mean, when Snoke was moving around and everything, I mean, that I, thought was some it, I thought it looked pretty good. masterful so. CGI work, yeah, and, yes. and really masterful motion capture from Andy Serkis, I yeah. thought, was just really, really well done. Yeah, yeah, he did great, so that's good stuff. And I probably have to say, like, my biggest disappointment was maybe seeing, you know, 
uh, probably Leia, the expansion of the powers when she gets blown out of the cockpit, kind of floating around in space, and then all of a sudden she kind of does like this Mary Poppins right back into the sure. the ship. Well, like, know, okay, yeah. we haven't seen hardly any force powers from Leia, and all of a sudden she's pulling this off after getting pretty much almost blown into smithereens. No, you're right. And, and some people would, and, yeah, some people would, I mean, because she's always been low-key force-sensitive, but yeah, she's never really pronounced it. And, yes. You know, do and you, then all of a sudden it's right. just kind of, boom, it's right in your face. Do you, like, right. Do, do you say that that's a, that's a survival instinct? Or I don't know. But yes, it was very, even, even when she moved, she was very, she had the hand out. It was very, like, Superman-esque, like, Iron charge. Man was what yes. I thought. Yes. Yeah. I did notice something too on the second on the second viewing. Now that you brought that up, is that mm-hmm. a little bit of foreshadowing? Because when Leia came back into the ship at, before she put her hand on the pressurized door, the hologram of of the ship of Snoke's ship was still running, and she sliced through it on her way to the door, just like Admiral Holdo did with huh. the ship when huh. she actually put it into hyperspace and sliced through the supremacy for real. So also, I yes. found that interesting. I, I just have to point out, you missed a. Great pun opportunity oh, no. with the foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> I read online somebody Hot did. Fresh comedy. And I like it. Somebody, I can't take credit for this, but somebody really knocked it out of the park when they said that the when when Kylo and Ray were seeing each other, they called that force time. Instead of FaceTime, they call that force time. <laughs> and I really, I was like, wow. kudos to you, sir nice. or madam. That's, that <laughs> is top quality. But yeah, with the Leia thing. Like, I'm thrilled that we had so much Carrie Fisher in that movie. I thought it was awesome. But when yes. the first time I saw that movie, when she got blown out, I was like, this is kind of a cool way to say goodbye to this character. And that yeah. kind of leads into probably another point I'm sure we'll touch on later is we don't know how much the death of Carrie Fisher mm-hmm. may or may not have affected this movie. And I've heard it's already made major changes to episode nine. Like, oh, sure. Like, it was going to be her movie. Mm-hmm. And now that I've heard they've gone they're having to completely rewrite what they were going to do I believe so, that so at, at the risk of sounding ghoulish <laughs> yes which Go is ahead. always a great way to preface a sentence yes, yes. <laughs> I, I as much as I would want to see more Carrie Fisher in more movies I, I do think that her not being available for episode 9 is going to make that a better movie in a lot of ways and i agree as well because, because that's well, because we want to see something new different well, we've been down this path and you and, know that's yeah. kind of what people are and you know it, it, it's they're against this movie or that's why they want to see something new we've seen this before and you know even though we we've we've kind of, of established a pattern now right episode seven han dies yes episode eight luke dies mm-hmm. Episode 9 was going to be Leia's movie, and then she was going to die. And so it it feels like, in a lot of ways, we're still kind of in the shadow with this new trilogy. We're still in the shadow of the original movies because we're having to kill off one of the main main triad in each one. Mm -hmm. So we're never really truly seeing what Rey and Poe and Finn are getting up to because it's always in the service of the past characters ending one of the past characters sure. yeah yeah so and i know, think part of that is you know to appease the old fan base to kind of draw them in but it could also be the biggest hindrance right i mean you can't make new star wars movies without addressing han and leia and luke correct you, you just can't do that right. you can't be like oh yeah they they retired no, they didn't. Yeah, you just put something in the opening credits, like, okay, what? We're not, uh, this Pucci is all we died get? on the way back really? to his home planet. Right. So you can't do that. <laughs> yeah. A slightly less long time ago, in a right. different galaxy. galaxy right. Far, far away. A long time ago, but longer ago than the right. old movies that you love. It's totally new now. <laughs> Harrison Ford wouldn't do it, so you can't have that. You're right. So... You know, I, I'm I'm okay with them addressing the old characters, but honestly, and again, this was one of the expectations that I had that first go round. I thought, okay, they're gonna have to kill off Leia and Luke in this movie. I already knew they were gonna kill off Luke. I was very convinced of you that. You did. sent I, that to I, me before yes, before I you did. saw the movie. Yeah. Um, and we kind of knew that Han was gonna go based on you know Harrison what Harrison see, Ford said. I, if you're I, paying it. I didn't see it coming until right before it happened. Yeah. I know some people, some of my friends who are smarter than I am, you know, walked into the theater and they were like, 
yeah, Han's gonna die. Right. It's some people knew, when. some people didn't. And but. I mean, not even like from a spoiler alert sense. They just kind of knew, like, right. yeah, he's not. Harrison was, Ford's not signing up for another three yeah. Star Warses. The, yes. The how though that was the big killer. The how was <laughs> the big reveal? Yes. You know, and once once he stepped out there, I thought, oh, oh, this, this is, is happening. Yep. This is okay. Yeah. Um. So you know, I. I, I'm again. I'm sad that Carrie Fisher is gone. I'm sad that we don't get to see her in more movies. But I am now excited for what happens in Episode Nine because now we get to see the new characters sure. and they are truly on their own. Yeah. And you know, I think it's. I think it's. Can make for a really compelling story in Episode Nine. Definitely. Um, yeah. yeah, I think maybe the original plan might have been, you know, Carrie or. Not Carrie, but Leia was going to try, help bring Kylo to the light, and then maybe we see a new bad guy, and the new bad guy kills off Kylo right when he gets redeemed. But now we kind of see, you know, well, maybe this less Leia, more Rey, but she kind of shuts the door a little bit metaphorically at the end when they fly off in the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, that maybe. maybe well I've, I've tried but you're not really wanting to switch over to the light so i'm done sort of thing so it could we'll be. find out in episode nine yeah i mean there's gonna be a lot of i think yeah like you said there's gonna be a lot of it's a it could push him more now, towards so. the dark and we see more of the knights of ren we will see we'll see what happens yeah. so. what was up with the why, why have we not seen the knights of ren they're, they they yeah. need to be super awesome yeah they do <laughs> hint at it you know they he rescued some of the other students before the academy got blown up so i'm assuming that's going to be the knights of ren right but we yeah. don't know yet but where have they been yes what they have you done for me lately knights they, of ren yeah, they yes. mentioned <laughs> the knights of ren in episode seven yeah. they kind of alluded to where they came from mm -hmm. in eight mm -hmm. so we better see them in episode nine yes. and after two movies of build up like see. Again, and hopefully that's one of the to, big changes not to that get we too see. far into the expectations thing right. but boy they better be pretty kick-ass <laughs> Right. Yeah, maybe they're just saving them for the Knights of Ren, a Star Wars story. Oh God, no! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. oh Disney, what you are get you doing? an anthology, and you get an anthology. Uh. <laughs> I'm still waiting for Porgs, a Star Wars story, and then and then we can go from there. They'll have their animated series before long on Netflix. I would almost uh, assure. Well, probably not on Netflix. But yeah, now. Disney's Disney's yeah, uh, yeah Disney's Disney thing, Fox so. Hulu yeah. monstrosity right. that they've created. Yes. So, do you have a Luke? Do you have a um, a, a part that was your biggest? source of displeasure uh, we, we heard a little bit about leia which is a, a a fair and valid argument there so i was not into the casino planet yeah canto um, bite canto bite which it took me like it took me two viewings of the movie and a couple of days <laughs> thereafter to even get the name right sure. i've just yes. been in my head i i think i got it mixed up with the fifth element and i've been calling it flossed in paradise oh, i like that there's nothing wrong with that. um which there, I, you know, there was a diva in both <laughs> see see thematically yes very similar yep. um and they both had about as much uh bearing on the story it's too. true it's true um you know for, for it was a very lavish set piece um and it it brought a couple of ideas in mm -hmm. and one of those ideas was okay and one of those ideas was really 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 bad yeah you know which one do you think was the really really bad the one i hated was when they talked about oh you know all these people got rich from selling arms to the first order and that, also the jedi and also the jedi are also right. the resistance yep. okay uh, this is this is my Randall from Clerks moment now, where I have to go off like, who is building these things? And then just like we have a bunch, we have a bunch of star destroyers left over. Let's yeah. start selling them off. Like right now, we know well, where they're being sold, where they be made. Right. Like I've always understood it that the Empire built the Death Star. The Empire right. you can built see their them own building destroyers. And now yeah, we you know, maybe now we don't know. Right. It turns out they're purchasing these things wholesale. So who's making this? What what organization yeah. has the the mineral resources and the manpower <laughs> to to build all of this stuff? And the part that really bothers me is it contradicts the first sentence of the opening crawl. The first sentence of the opening crawl is supposed to be the first order controls the galaxy. The galaxy, that's right. Mm -hmm. They're in charge. You don't have to buy their stuff right from someone else. Right, like. 
And my understanding was, and again, I haven't I haven't dug too far into this Star Wars because I know there's there's the old the old extended universe is now the Legends, and that's right, not really right. a thing anymore. But Disney is definitely working towards building up these backstory pieces. And my understanding is that somewhere either it's come out already or it hasn't come out yet is that is that like through some of these visual dictionaries or whatever they have kind of established that 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 the, that the first order. Yeah, is is the remnants of the empire? Like after the empire got you know got its ass handed to it at the at the Battle of Endor, it went out into the far outer reaches into the unexplored territories, and that's where it met Snoke and his crew who rebuilt it for them, and that's why he's in charge when they come back. Not, hey, how much can you know? Can I go to the Lexus dealership and buy a you know right buy oh, a Lexus man. with guns on it? Like we need a new Death Star, guys. Right. right. I mean, who? Yes, and who? Who is going to build a star killer base the size of a planet and then sell it to someone else? If I'm building that, I'm going on a rampage myself. Like I'm not going to sell that to another another faction. That's, See, that's mine. Yeah, there's there's got to be some like larger <laughs> faction or larger government yep. somewhere in maybe not the galaxy, but somewhere in the observable universe that's even more powerful. And it just you know it it. it makes the whole story now feel much smaller because now oh it's just this one galaxy right. and apparently there's some other outside crew or there's some you know defense yeah. contractor even if it's a defense contractor you know the galaxy's the star wars galaxy's uh version of lockheed martin or something <laughs> yes because we do see uh mao in this uh union dispute what's this union dispute maybe that kind of lends into what you're going yeah, with there I, I just i don't i i don't care so much about the internal politics and i thought we learned that lesson with the prequels yeah it's mm -hmm. very when true. the first when the phantom menace for its first half hour was all about trade disputes mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i mean that's not an interesting subject in real life for most people <laughs> it's true you know i don't need yeah. to pay 13 dollars to go and see it acted out in space that's a good point Mm -hmm. That's a good point. It's like quick sidebar when you mentioned um, Maz and her and, and, Maz, her, yes. and her trade dispute thing. Like, can we like is that was that not the most unnecessary uh, quote unquote cameo in a, in a Star Wars movie ever? So like she didn't even need her at all. They just needed an excuse. I don't know if because they had Lupita Nyong'o on the contract and had to contractually put her in this movie, or they're like we've got her for this movie, so we got to fit her in here somehow. Like I don't know, but it it just that felt really bad to me. So it could kind of be like, hey, she's still here she may play a role later just not necessarily right now maybe yeah yeah and then getting creepy with the kind of like that the own you know to kind of borrow from the past maybe maybe slightly kind of like job of the huts not maybe maybe not so much i didn't like the insinuation that she and just much different way shacking it up yes because that's what you know she when she made it when she when she sent them to the to, to the planet to look for the look for the guy with the red de bloom and she was like he can get into anything oh, and i was like yeah. are you joking right now <laughs> this is yeah. wildly unfortunate yeah uh. <laughs> and, and there were there were some of those moments those those just wtf moments where mm -hmm. i'm like did they say that did that happen you're right did yep. i just watch did i just watch luke skywalker milk a thing and then drink i know it? they were were they working hard to bring that blue milk back in but that was unnecessary was wholly so unnecessary <laughs> unnecessary Maybe, i don't mind yes. watching him spearfish with a like 10 story harpoon sure. fine okay <laughs> That's fine. And somehow pull Whatever. that big fish out of the water all the way up. I'm sure Screw he used gravity. the force for that. Yeah. I mean, come on. No, he shot himself yeah. off to the force. Uh -huh. He used yes. the force uh -huh. of the gun show is what he used. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I didn't mind seeing him spearfish, you know, okay, fine. Sure. But the whole, like, let's have a... Yeah, let's have a space creature with four boobs. And yeah. I mean, because those were... Those and looked he, like... And I've seen a few... Those those looked like boobs. I'm and, like, is this yes. happening? And that and, and that creature looked very pleased with himself when he looked at Ray. He was like, mm -hmm. Yeah, this is a thing. <laughs> this was not. Yes, we're gonna we're gonna rank these scenes one and two: the the blue milk boob scene and the Maz Kanata scene as the one two most unnecessary yep. scenes in this film. Yep. Could have chopped both of those out and saved me seven minutes off the off the runtime, which and, which was sizable. Although you know, to be fair though, as much as that moment, as much as those two moments yeah. stick out, especially after that first viewing. Mm -hmm. You go back and watch it the second time, and really, we're talking 90 seconds total between Maz, you know, sending them to Cantabite, and I almost said Lost in Paradise. <laughs> yes. Uh, between Maz sending them to Cantabite and Luke milking the thing, 
we're talking like 90 seconds out of a two and a half hour long right. movie. There wasn't, so, it wasn't a ton. You know, I, I think on future viewings, I think it's going to be easier to block that out. So maybe there'll be a special edition someday. <laughs> Stop that. <laughs> Although I've, I, I've heard that Ryan Johnson has said that there's many, many deleted scenes that he has not used. So uh, almost assuredly we'll be getting a, a Hobbit length edition you know, oh, I'm sure we will. Disney will hour. be more than happy to sell it to us, won't they? Yeah, this is true. So I had a couple... Coming to you straight to DVD. Yes, that's right. Uh, I had a couple pieces that kind of honked me off in addition to what you guys talked about. Um, you know, that that's still... It's the reason that I'm still wavering in that mid, not not thumbs up, not thumbs down zone. The first one, and this is this is more of an annoyance than anything else, is, is that to me it felt like Poe just was poe was a victim of his own circumstance like he he existed in the movie solely to advance the plot like uh, right from the get-go when he has to get out there and be the sole x-wing to destroy the dreadnought he has to be there and he has to do that because if he doesn't then the dreadnought just turns and shoots the fleet and the movie's over so like mm-hmm. i feel like poe didn't really have anything to do except like like he they had painted poe into a corner like well you've got to be the crazy hero that that learns a valuable lesson at the end you know like i don't know it just maybe just rubbed me the wrong way a little bit i mean i i like poe as a character it just felt like everything that he was doing was very like there like he didn't have any flexibility in in how his character can evolve like this is how he had to be you know he has to be the fly boy or whatever so um that was that was my first one but that takes a that takes a distant backseat to um and and again i understand why they're doing it and we're gonna we're gonna talk about this this big piece here in a second but I know I'm not the only one to just scratch their head at the Darth Maul-esque killing of Emperor Snoke and try to figure out why they built him up to be this big, huge badass, and then he gets just chopped right in half in the middle of the second movie without any explanation about who he was, or, you know, there's a big reveal about how well, how he wields the Force so easily and how he can direct Rey and Kylo's mind to get together. Like, I, I mean, I'm all for a little bit of mystery and not explaining everything to you know, to, to every single person watching a movie. But it just felt like that was just a big, like, F you to all the theorists and people who were like, you know, I, I think he might be this, or I think he might, who cares, you know? And I, I read a I read a uh, an interview with Ryan Johnson who, who he said that the reason that he did that is because it wouldn't have made any sense because he would, essentially, Snoke was talking to Ray at that point in that climactic scene before Snoke got, got chopped. And it wouldn't have made any sense to Ray if Snoke said, well, you know, I am Darth Plagueis, you know, or what, you know, or, you know, if, if he gave himself some backstory because she wouldn't have cared. But I don't know, when you, when you do the, a, a service or a disservice to millions of fans who are kind of in, all in with you, it felt very ending of Lost to me, where they answer some questions and just said, forget it to the other questions. It kind of seemed that way to me, too, on um, first viewing. And I'm sure that's a lot of uh, people saying ups, and I've seen it a lot online. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, who is Snoke? How did he, co- or Snoke, how'd he come to power? Oh, wait, he's dead. But I kind of felt that the same way once I thought about it. I was like, okay, what well, we really know about Palpatine in 4, 5, 6. You're right. I get it. But the only difference is we got one, two, and three, and that kind of filled that story. And the difference is, is that Palpatine so was we're a kind badass of and it made it through an entire story. trilogy before getting chopped in half. Yes. <laughs> okay, but yeah, and and John, you took the words out of my mouth. What did we know about Palpatine? We didn't in, in the original trilogy. They only ever called him the, the Emperor. Emperor. Right. It yes. was only in supplemental materials that he was even given the name Emperor Palpatine. Yep. Yes. So, you know, we didn't know anything about the Emperor. That we didn't sure. know about Snoke. We I get don't that. Know where the Emperor? Came. I mean, we do because of the prequels, right? But if you're like, so me it's a hang-up. But to... you know, it's like maybe it's an unfair mm. hang-up because of that. Well, yeah, exactly. And I, you know, I'm inclined to pretend that the tr- the the prequel trilogy <laughs> doesn't exist. Like I'm sure. perfectly fine with just the original movies and now the new ones. <laughs> yes, um, that's how much I hate the prequels. Um, but. Yeah, I was I, honestly even on the first viewing where I was not that big a fan of Last Jedi. Even on that first viewing, I thought this was good. Killing Snoke off like this was good. I mean, I get it to an extent, but it 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 pains me to see him being built like the entire first episode seven was this you know mysterious hologram behind the scenes pulling all the strings, and then even when you get him live and in person, like he can you know he can he can shoot a force lightning bolt just you know at the, the drop of a hat, and he can manipulate the force so that two pretty major force users 
are together and don't know that it's him doing it. I mean, and it just felt, maybe it's also, I mean, I love, I think Adam Driver is doing a great job, but I think he's got a, mm-hmm. he's got a damn near impossible task in terms of being the character to replace the Darth Vader, like being like the bad guy of the series. And so when he did successfully kill Snoke, I, I was waiting, and I mean, I know that he kind of took his place or whatever, but like I didn't see, like, it, you know, he didn't do much fear-mongering for me, you know. In the beginning of, uh, what was it, in the beginning of episode seven, yeah, Phasma, mm-hmm. you know, lined everybody. Phasma and Ren lined everybody up in that village and shot them dead. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. um, then I'm like, oh, you got to take this guy seriously. But after he kills, after he kills uh, Snoke, the first thing he does is struggle mightily in defeating the Praetorian Guard. Well, but I think yeah. that's sort of the point of the character, though. I mean, even in Episode Seven, I've been saying this for two years. Kylo Ren has always been a low-rent Darth Vader. You know, he's a guy who can't control his emotions the way that Darth Vader did, which I think makes that ending sequence in Rogue One that much cooler. Oh, absolute boss, yes. To see that Darth Vader sat there and chopped up a hallway full of dudes Mm -hmm. and then, you know, minutes later is very calmly interrogating Princess Leia. (laughs) That was a hell of a thing, Mm -hmm. you know, Kylo Ren can't do that. You're right. And it's, Yet. You know, I'm excited Maybe we to see. see more. I, I don't see him growing or maturing. I, I hope he doesn't. We're getting we're getting into expectations again. <laughs> True. Yes, we're getting into expectations. You know, like Ray, like I kind of alluded to earlier, Ray kind of shutting the metaphorical door. Maybe that kind of opens things up to Kylo opening up his powers using the Force lightning, all that other stuff. But you see, know, I, expectations, I hope- but... But I hope that Kylo Ren, and if you're listening, J.J. Abrams, thank you, um, <laughs> but free advice, I want to see Kylo Ren continue to be the immature, mercurial person that we've seen in these first two movies because that sets up such an awesome conflict with him and General Hux. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, I, I, I've I come to view the that power character struggle. a lot more charitably as well. Hux? Yes. Yeah, and, and and again, he lives in a shadow too. He'll never be he'll never be a Tarkin. You know, no. I mean, certain certain um, certain empire or first order uh, elite people you see is like the power hunger, like ascending the ranks and things like that. Um, Hux, I just get this idea like like there was like a Hux senior that like gave him his position and then stepped aside. You know, like I don't see <laughs> I don't see Hux earning his way to anything. I just see him kind of being there as a as a matter of circumstance or whatever. But kind of like the old general under uh, Palpatine, the Emperor. More or less, maybe. You mean back? I can't think of his name, You're but talking about Admiral Piat. Yeah, back from the second two, from from Empire, and then, I think so. And the guy that Vader kept force choking just for the hell of it. Um, <laughs> well, no, I don't, maybe did he? Oh, he did force choke Piat, didn't he? No, he didn't. Are we talking original trilogy or yeah, prequel? Original, yes. Original okay. trilogy. I don't know. Every time I just every time I see them around the round table, Vader's always choking an, an well, imperial that in, officer. That was, in, that was in A New Hope, <laughs> where they had that round table, and yeah. there was the was it General Veers? Yeah, it was one of the. No, it wasn't Veers. It was one of those ranking people. Yeah, somebody. I don't think he even got a name in the movie. He may not have. Um, yeah, he may not have a name. I I can't really think of it. But, but there is there's a, there's a, a representative of the military side of things. Yes. In in episodes five and six, and I'm pretty sure it's Admiral Piat that kind of takes over that role of the lead military officer after Tarkin gets blown up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I like the idea that now we're seeing kind of these two elements of the First Order, you know, coming the to power head, struggle after yeah. Snoke. You know, yeah, I can see that. Some, which I kind of thought, you know, just kind of circle back a little bit. You know, it kind of leaves things open to interpretation the whole who is Snoke where he come from you know to me it kind of I kind of thought he was a Sith because like right after Kylo offsomes like Mm -hmm. let the past die the Sith looks at directly at well he definitely had some of that Snoke that dark side action obviously going on and I think uh, leaving things open to interpretation from now is probably inevitably Disney looking to fill things in via backstory and things like that, which is fine. You know, I mean, to to an extent. I mean, I, I don't think every single person needs a backstory. D- um, Disney just put out a book right 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 before the Last Jedi came out. It, there was a big Star Wars book that came out, and it was called Star Wars from a Certain Point of View, and it's a story. It, it's a big novel. I've got it in the office over there. It's it's a big novel full of forty 
short stories, and each short story is based on a tiny little character that we saw at one point. Like the first story is the captain of Leia's vessel at the beginning of A New Hope when they can't outrun Vader's Death Star. It's like his story for like 12 pages. Hmm. And then the next story is the lead stormtrooper who stuns Leia and takes her to Vader for interrogation. Like they all get these backstories about, you know, the captain was from Alderaan and he, he respected Princess Leia because they were from the same planet and all this jazz. And it's like, we don't need a backstory for every single person. And I get that, but they are definitely going to fill in some stories, I think. Right, it kind of leads into, you know, the open to interpretation, you know, some of these minor things, hey, we can fill in with that. Whenever they know. want. If they want to, they can fill it in. If not, they'll leave it open. So. Yeah. I, but, yeah. you know, at the same it time. It kind of leads into the, we're leaving, you know, we're thinking of the old movies, we're kind of forgetting that we had that, and now we're holding the new movies to that higher standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I'll, you know, I can get to that in a bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, you know, I, I don't want to see a side story or a backstory for every single character. I don't want to know Snoke's backstory. I don't want to know what kind of alien he was mm-hmm. or why his face was all messed up or how he was so powerful with the Force. I'm okay with he was powerful, he was evil, he let his guard down, now he's in two pieces. Dead. Yeah, let's move on. Let's see you what know, else. That was okay, and I, I, I don't want to see that movie. I'm I'm not. We've seen it. I'm not looking forward to the Han Solo movie. I heard rumors that they're talking about a Yoda movie. They, they're yeah, they're could bound be, between knows? Yoda and uh, Obi Wan. Got to fill those gaps. And I, I honestly, I don't care about those stories. It's going to take a lot of work to make me care about that. Sure. Yes. The one thing I do not want to see ever again in my life is Yoda bouncing around with a lightsaber in his hand like a damn super ball. <laughs> I hated yeah. that in in Attack of the Clones, yeah. and I will continue to hate it forever. I am willing to die on this hill. <laughs> he he was much less spry in the Last Jedi, yes, well, as a as a Force ghost, obviously. And and the whole point, you know, the whole it, it undercut that whole like great Eastern wisdom thing that he had going in Episode Five, yeah. where you know wars not make one great, and and you know teaching Luke to be subtle with the Force right. and, and all of that. And I just, I didn't need to see him use a lightsaber and fight Christopher Lee's stunt double. I didn't care for that at all. And I don't want any more moments (laughs) like that. Please, again, JJ, if you're you're listening, don't don't do that to me, man. I I would imagine you're not the only one to say that, of course. So, Um, with... With Yoda's Force Ghost, is it just a just a quick random question? I yeah. there were there was a rumor. I, I don't think it was ever found it, but there was a rumor that that someone saw Hayden Christensen on 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 Last Jedi set, and I wondered when that the first time I saw that that Yoda Force Ghost scene, if we were going to get some other Force Ghost in there. We didn't, of course, but I mean, I I always wonder if that's a rumor or if that really happened, and if there's a deleted scene waiting for us somewhere. Uh, I guess time will tell. I, yes, boy. I would have a problem with Vader showing up or with Anakin showing up. Sure. I would have a problem with that. Yeah. I don't. Well, where else do you think these Force ghosts are hanging out? I mean, what good is being a ghost if you can't come visit your friends once in a while? You're living friends. And I wasn't but we do see you with Yoda. You know, once you're on that other side, you can't expand your powers because all of a sudden we have that lightning bolt. He still has some physical control. Yes. And I, you know, I just, I don't know. I don't. I feel like Vader looms so large. I feel like Anakin, you know, even as a redemptive figure, I I would rather see him just completely step back. You know, I didn't mind him showing up on the forest moon of Endor to watch Luke, you know, burning the suit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, You know, and kind of give his approval of like, you've done good, son. Sure. You know, that was okay. I don't want him to show up and like show, you know, show up to Kylo Ren and be like, dude, no, you can't right. be like this. <laughs> Learn from me. Right, you know, we don't know like that. I don't want that. That, well, would go, right. that would be bad. And the other the other big question with that, of course, is, uh, and this is uh, obviously one of the one of the biggest uh, head-slapping moments of this of the special edition movies, is why would the Force Ghost of Hayden Christensen appear to Luke, who never met that version of his dad. It should be, ooh, was it David Prowse who played the adult? Uh, oh, uh, which are, now are you talking about David Prowse uh, who played 
you know, Vader in the suit when he wasn't sword fighting? Or yeah, I'm talking, talking about the about one, Bob yeah, Anderson as, no. when he was, you know, the stuntman who was in the suit for the fight. I'm talking at or the end. Or are you talking about Sebastian <laughs> Shaw, no. who played the aged, decrepit Anakin after Luke took his mask off? I guess off. that would be that. Or, and I think there was another actor yeah, there's a big, entirely. Was it a big Russian dude? It was another actor entirely who played the Force Ghost in the non-special edition. So which one of those Anakins should have showed up? Well, really, the only one what that... What I'm saying yes. is, I'm fun at parties. <laughs> yes, many. <laughs> <laughs> the many faces of Anakin. I guess really the only one that Luke quote unquote met face to face would have been Sebastian would be. Shaw. So he should be the only Force but, Ghost that should be showing up to Luke. We so. understood that it was Anakin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, even though it didn't look anything sure. like him, we yeah. understood that. So I don't have well. a problem with Luke understanding. I'm looking up on my phone. Well, that's by fine. The way, yes, please do. Was because it's going to bother me. For you know, a long time and if I, I mean, if I die at the ripe old age of 95 and I get to come back as any sort of a ghost, you better believe that I'm picking Tony in his 20s, not Tony in his 90s, to appear to people. So, uh, 100. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I get it. I get it. So, um, yeah, you keep doing your, you, you keep looking your thing up. I'm, I want to um, take everything that we've kind of talked about and kind of bundle up, bundle up into um, a theory, uh, not, not a theory, more, more of an idea that I had in between the two viewings, my two viewings. And I'm yeah. sure I'm not the only one to have this idea. But the more that uh, that I went into the second viewing with this idea, the more respect I got, or the more understanding I guess I got for. For, for The Last Jedi. What I think happened, really, is that in the production, the pre-production of the film, Disney sat down, the Disney exec sat down with Ryan Johnson, the director, and said, listen, we are ready to move past some of the constrictions of the original six films. There's been a lot put out there, restrictions about how the Force works, about what the Jedi are, what the Sith are, things like that. Mm-hmm. Moving forward, we want the new trilogy and the new Disney stuff to be free of some of those shackles we can relegate some of the classic stuff for classic fans to these anthology movies and things like that and i think they tasked ryan johnson with that so and that's why i think there were so many a whole lot of the let the past die was being repeated in the movie because we're yes there was there was a lot of jarring us yes a lot of uh, yeah a lot of moments that were abrupt to to classic longtime fans that made sense because they're free, they're they're easing the restrictions of the of this saga moving forward yes. like um uh, like when snoke says you know to kylo early on you know take that ridiculous helmet off you know you'll never be vader and then he smashes the hell out of the helmet like you're not okay, you don't I'm, have to I'm be I'm done trying anymore, to be vader right. let me do my uh, let me be Kylo. There were there were several of those instances when I mean even when 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 Luke was given the lightsaber Anakin's lightsaber and chucked it behind him, you know? I mean, the, these are things that you know, let let them free themselves of the constrictions and it's the same thing with Snoke, you know? The mm-hmm. emperor eventually got this, you know, big background story and everything and you know, he's just he was just some guy that was powerful and now he's dead, you know? Raised parents, another huge, huge yes. thing, because in if you're a George Lucas movie, you have to have parents that have done something for you or given you something, otherwise you don't have a place in his story. And now raised parents, whether it stays this way or not, essentially being nobodies, and that coupled with the very there last shot. There are a number of theories. Well, sure, you know, sure. With but that coupled with, so so essentially they're saying that Ray is just somebody who happens, you know, the force is out there in the universe and can affect anybody, not just if your last name is Skywalker. Yeah, you don't have to be a Skywalker. No, it was the same thing coupled with that very last shot where we saw the little boy at Canto Bight who forced, you know, who, who, who brought that broom. Yeah, you see saying, him a lot more in the yes. second movie is like at the end you're kind of like, okay, this is just some random kid and then you kind of see it the second times that he's actually in there about four five six times we're just not picking up right. on it but what they're saying at the very end when when he was able to use the force is that you don't have to come the force isn't some regal bloodline passed down otherwise you have no chance the force is all over the universe and i think i hope that they exploit that in episode nine and saying that anybody out there could potentially use the force if they can channel themselves and there might be more dark side users out there and things like that too yeah kind of like how uh, buffy if you've uh dabbled into that series how the Buffy series ended like it's not necessarily just a Slayer thing it could come from anyone could be a Slayer yeah so yeah but that was that was my big takeaway from 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 the second viewing of The Last Jedi is that uh, I think John's Ryan Johnson was specifically tasked with taking some of that some of the 
shackles, for lack of a better term, some of the restrictions that the original Star Wars lore had just put in place over the last 30, 40 years and freeing them of it so they can move forward Mm -hmm. with telling the stories the way that they want to tell them instead of working within this constriction. So that was my theory anyways. Yeah. So apparently it was actually Sebastian Shaw in both appearances in Return of the Jedi, unmasked on the Death Star, old and decrepit, and then... I figured they had the same person who did it, so... I, funny enough, as a big enough of a big Star Wars nerd as I am, <laughs> never actually bothered to, to look up who it was. So now I feel silly, but yeah, no worries. But, but yeah, there's just I mean, there's just a ton of stuff. Like, um, what else? I mean, there, there's just example after example of 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 that kind of you know, let's move in a different direction. Even um, um, and they're kind of Easter eggs to you the first time or two because you're kind of we've seen this before. Mm-hmm. Well, like like Benicio del Toro's character of DJ, he was like the new kind of like the Han Solo, like the rebel who kind of turns good at the you know who turns good at the end because it's the right thing to do. No, he took his money and bolted. Like no, like that. Yeah. Everything's not fair, kid. Deal with it. And, you know. You right. Know, I, I'm in this to make money. <laughs> I don't give a damn. It's good or bad. <laughs> and, and when you go back and watch Last Jedi a second time, I I think you kind of get like you you realize I think, oh yeah. No, Ryan Johnson has been telling us the entire time, leave your expectations at mm-hmm. the door. Mm-hmm. Right, and to kind of lead into that, is Luke the last Jedi, or is it now Rey? Or will there, I mean... Because she has the books. Yeah, yeah, she does still have the books. Um, th- that's another great example, when Yoda shows up and, you know, everything else has been like, oh, you have to, if you want to be a Jedi, you have to train for so long, you have to come with me in the swamp, and you can't leave until you're done training, you're not ready to face Vader. And then he blows it. He's like, he's like screw I, yeah. it, because he still thinks Yoda thought the books were still in there. He's like, screw it. You don't need any of that stuff. It's it's with it's what's within you that counts. Like, I think he already everything. knew that Ray had the books. He's like, you, you know, he may have. I I think he I think that, he felt that they were in there because that's why he at least he, that he wanted was his, to say, he wanted Luke to feel that. Well, that yeah, but that, he yeah. kind of knew that, that Ray was, had the books. That was his conversation with that's Luke. That's why is that, how is how that I this isn't is this isn't as important as right. the feeling that you have inside you and things like that. So. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I definitely um, now uh, the, yeah the second time that I saw it with that idea in mind, it, it felt much better to me because it's more accepting, and I think that's why fans had an issue because it's definitely it's not an intentional fu, but it definitely flies in the face of what's been established for so long, and I think that's why younger fans probably really really flocked yeah, to the kinda, last Jedi, yeah. and yeah, older fans feels probably like felt the a little strange first, about it. Yeah. But if you think about it, yeah, I, I'd be curious to you know get an older person's perspective i need to like sit down with my mom and you know talk this out uh because you know again we never had that experience of sitting in the theater and watching empire strikes back for the first time and when vader says no i am your father Mm -hmm. that apparently that was a big holy shit moment for for people and yeah, things are a lot different in you know, the 70s and early yeah. 80s compared to... Uh, our ge- well, our generation, you know, we've just kind of always grown up with like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, they're related. Yeah, that's that's obviously, duh. Well, it's the same thing when Luke kisses Leia. You're like, oh, God, you know. And now in retrospect, you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which know, we, we do we, get in our kiss. You know, <laughs> we've, never not, we've never not known the story. Yeah. And now that we don't know the story... You know, mm-hmm. I, I feel like we're going crazy trying to analyze it and sort it out and predict what's going to sure. happen. Yes. And, you know, I, I if I were a reviewer, you know, after that first time, I probably would have written a piece titled something like, Millennials are actually killing Star Wars. <laughs> as much as our generation right? gets blamed for, you know, the death of, you know, terrible fast food yes, chains course, yes. and, and the diamond industry and all mm-hmm. sorts of other stuff like Guys, maybe we're actually ruining Star Wars for everybody. Um, and I, I don't think that's the case now. Um, <laughs> for one thing, I don't know that Star Wars was ever for us. It's very true. I mean, even back that, in the 70s yeah. and 80s, because people who are watching it now who are in their 40s, 30s, 40s, 50s, things like that, they were they were younger when that came out. They were the target audience, and they're not necessarily the target audience They're not audience the target anymore, audience right? anymore, yes. My second viewing, which was just this morning, was with my father-in-law, and he seemed to process things much better than I did. Maybe I'm trapped in that in-between zone, right? I never saw the originals in the theater because I'm too young for that, but I saw the prequels in the theater, and I've always grown up with Star Wars. So, you know, maybe I'm caught in between or whatever, but he seemed to he seemed to understand the path that they were taking. He got a, he got a, a lot more 
quickly than I did, I think. So, um, so yeah, I mean, and again, you're never going to please all the people all the time. I, I don't, I can't think of the last it's movie impossible. that everybody was like, this is amazing. I mean, most people are like, if, if it's a bad movie, most people are like, yes, this is terrible. And they'll all agree on that. Yeah. But not everybody's like, not everybody says 100%, this film is amazing and I love it. There's always people out there who are mm-hmm. not pleased with something for whatever reason. So, so while we're talking about seeing Star Wars for the second time yes. with family members, um, <laughs> I went ahead and took my oldest. Uh, who's eight years old, okay. eight and a half, um, took him with me the second time. And yeah, that was a different experience. He was into it. Yeah. I mean, he's he's very kind of reserved. He kind of processes things internally, and, and he, he didn't ask a single question the entire time. Um, the only comment he made to me during the movie, um, damn, I can't remember exactly when it was it started, but um, yeah, movie hit me a lot differently and a lot harder the second time sure. around. And so the only comment that my son made to me was to look at me and say, "Dad, you have tears on your face." <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I do. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I really do. Yeah, I mean, I've got a, I have a seven, almost eight year old, and she is asked last last weekend. We were like, we're let's go to the movies, and we're gonna see Ferdinand. And she goes, uh, but we had that moment. Where I was like, we could just see Star Wars again. And she was like, she was legitimately excited. She's not seen Episode Seven, but she loves. She thinks BB Eight is adorable. She does have the um f- the Star Wars Forces of Destiny, the books that focus uh, that that focus on Jin and Leia and okay. Ray. So she's got that girl <laughs> power thing going on, and right. she's you know she's big into DC superhero girls and all that fun stuff. I took her to see just. Justice League. That was my second time, and I got a very different take sitting with her and seeing her excitement at the characters, as opposed to me being overly critical about plot lines and things like that. So, so I get it. Uh, you know, bringing it, bringing a, a child with you, especially your child, puts a much different spin on things for sure. So, and you know, something about the other thing too is, you know, I don't. Know, I'm not sure if either of you have heard this story. But I was literally named after Luke Skywalker. <laughs> like that's not a joke. Sure. I've, I've this story is legend in my family. <laughs> I, I have an older brother who literally was born uh, two days after Star Wars came out. Uh, so he's mm-hmm. like he literally came into the world at the same time Star Wars did. Right. Um, and so those movies would always come out like in May, right around his birthday. So mm-hmm. for his what third birthday they took him to see Empire and he went burners gotcha. for that. Yeah. Um so then, you know, the next year, eighty one, you know, here's little brother or sister. Yeah. And um my my mom was very sure that she was having a girl, uh, to the point where she did not bother with a backup plan. <laughs> like she had a name all picked out for her daughter. And it wasn't Leia, I'm assuming. When, no, it was not. <laughs> Emily, I was supposed to have okay. been. My brother was supposed to have been Emily, and he wasn't. Uh-huh. And then I was supposed to be Emily, and I wasn't. <laughs> Your mom just dying for an Emily. Seriously, she really <laughs> was, and she never got one. Um, um, but then, you know, they didn't even bother with a backup plan for me. <laughs> so they co- I come out, and they're like, oh, what are we going to call this one? And I, apparently they had enough time where they did not have a name for me yeah that my brother was in the room and playing with the star wars toys and ha- and, and suggested how about luke and well, there we you are. go how about that so i mean it could have been worse you know he could have been playing with like obi-wan or chewbacca yeah, at the time Ewok. so you know yeah. I, I got off light sure. because i have an actual like name <laughs> that people on earth have um but it was it was hard you're telling me it that was, i could have been friends with a lando Ooh. And this is, and now this, uh, <laughs> I mean, Lando, you know what, though? Okay, so by that point, Empire hadn't come back. That's Lando it, yeah, hadn't that, redeemed this, this himself. Is true. This is I'm true. not sure I would be cool with being named after That's the crappiest point. character of the original trilogy. You could have been Bob A. McConnell. Uh, Boba McConnell. Boba, <laughs> yeah. uh, but see, again, now, we're, you know, going back to that whole, like, yeah. things that weren't in the original trilogy. We never actually knew Boba Fett's This is a good point. You know, unless you saw the Star Wars holiday special. Yeah, the holiday special. 78. And some things are in the, uh, I've heard the expanded universe is Boba Fett's daughter has some sort of role. Yeah. I believe that. I don't put it, I don't know. Yeah, I never I'm not too well versed in it, There's a lot out there. I 100% believe you, though, on that, so. Which, you know, maybe that, you know, one of the crazy theories, maybe that's Ray's 
God. <laughs> we'll, yeah, we'll see. So we'll see what they do silly. with that. Because I know JJ kind of takes back the reins for episode nine. Yep. So we will. We will see what. Because I, I think that Ryan Johnson was given a fair amount of leeway in in terms of what he could create and what he wanted to do with the story and things like that. So we'll see what what JJ retcons. You know what yeah. what he sidesteps and what he just flat out says. Okay, let's roll with it. You know. So. I hope they. I hope they roll with it. I hope so. Um, you know, and and I did appreciate that on my first watch, where I didn't like the movie. I did appreciate. Okay, Ryan Johnson had a damn hard job to do. Absolutely. You know, he yeah. he had to to pick up the pieces. From, it literally could have been anyone. And yeah, and he had to put them back in a way that would fit kind of the overarching vision mm-hmm. for the trilogy because they weren't they weren't flying blind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This was not a situation. No. You know, they they announced it's a new trilogy. Right. Which, mm-hmm. You know, Star Wars wasn't supposed to be that. Right. This is true. I think he more yes. he more so than JJ has his foot in two very different universes. The, yes. They have to balance the classic with where do we go from here in it's this really new direction. Easy, so. It's really easy to write a beginning and an end. Sure. And then when you get to that middle stuff, you tell the new guy, "Okay, go go do that." Yeah. Here's mm-hmm. where we pick. You know, here's where I left off, and well, you know where I'm going to pick up again. Yeah. You fill in the middle part. Well, I think, really, mm-hmm. I think that's why Empire is so revered, because it is such a solid middle chapter. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, I mean, without a solid center of a story, y- y- your whole, you know, your trilogy isn't necessarily well, I, I mean, seen as a great thing. The whole so the concept yeah. of a movie trilogy. Yeah. You You're know, right. there aren't, there weren't, I, I can't really think of other movie trilogies. Pre, pre-late 70s? No. You know. Yeah. yeah. I, I can't think of very many they, no. you know, there were some sequels right sequels and there were movies that got multiple sequels but right there was never this idea of telling a single unified story over the span right. of three As- movies. assuming that you get three mm-hmm. full tries at it but yeah that, that was not yes. how the box office worked back then obviously yeah. so so yeah no i completely get it and there have been very you know there have been a handful of sequels that have been or trilogies that have been able to live up to that spec since then so mm-hmm. um yeah, it, it'll be very interesting to see where episode nine goes. Like you said, you know, we've we've got the whole thing about what Leia's future is, how she how she figures into the story, if at all, if there's any, if there's been any scene shot, you know, if they kind of reference her. I, I don't I don't believe you know, and I doubt they're going to give her the Rogue One Tarkin treatment. They've already said they're not going to. I, I think that I think that's wise. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. it'll be very interesting to see where where things go. So it was cool seeing Billy Lord get uh, you know Carrie she Fisher's did, daughter. Yes. You know got. A pretty sizable she had, she had a bigger a bigger spot, there. which that is which is very cool. cool. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it was very cool to see her, and 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 we'll see. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll just th- th- this is the one time where you know I think there will be a lot of speculation between now and then, but maybe not as much as between the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi because there's a lot of speculation on yeah. what this is and very drilling down, very minute, detailed fan theories. And hopefully, now that Ryan has essentially said. We're turning all this on our ear, for lack of a better term. Oh, you know, man. hopefully mm-hmm. people will just be like, "Okay, show us what you got next no, that, time." You know, that's a good point. If yeah. Ryan Johnson killed the practice of Star Wars speculation, <laughs> I mean, we should be building a statue, shouldn't we? You're right. Well, yeah. I mean, there were so many, there were so many dangling threads from seven that we knew were being connected in eight, but from eight to nine, all we really know is that the rebellion is or the resistance is going to keep trying to rebuild itself, and the first order is going to keep trying to kill them. Other than that, there's not a lot of sp- specific details we have going from one to the other so uh, we've got a wide almost virtually wide open slate of yeah. what we could see we'll see what happens i don't know well any uh any any final thoughts that we haven't had a chance to talk about yet that as we want to put it put a cap on things any final uh, uh praises and negatives just general thoughts on the on the last jedi that we haven't talked about as of yet um we didn't talk about rose feel like we got to talk about rose yeah, yeah sure. rose rose yeah um because i i guess rose is really polarizing for people which is strange because i see her as a i see her as a very non uh, i mean she was a fun character but yeah i think she kind of existed just to give finn a story a foil almost yeah and 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 the kiss after she knocked him out of the way of the of the blaster gun at crate mm-hmm. seemed a little I didn't. I didn't see that coming because I didn't see any romantic connection there. I, yeah, d- I mean, I, I saw mean, a little bit of hero worship, but I didn't see any kind of relationship building. But you knew yeah. it was going to happen, oh, though. Yeah. You knew it was going to happen. That was that was maybe one of the very few predictable things. Sure. About Last Jedi, is you could tell. You know, the whole 
previous movie had had been them shipping that pair. Yeah. And you know, I, my biggest problem with Rose was it didn't feel like she was necessary. Right. She felt very tacked on. You're right. Yeah. Which is too bad because I think that Kelly Mir- Kelly Marie Tran, it, she seems like a great actress. She seems yeah. like a great person. I, I if if you haven't seen the video of her online where she's in London or somewhere in Europe sitting next to a table of people talking about the last Jedi and they don't know she's sitting next to them, so she her and her friends start start video recording their their conversation. Awesome. If you haven't seen that yet, I encourage you to go online or stay online if you're listening to this online and go find that video because it's it's adorable. And she goes and introduces herself and they're like, you know, gobsmacked and all this, but she's seems like a great person i'm glad that she's got her chance to kind of you know get into the limelight and things like that but yeah as the character herself yeah it felt very peripheral yeah i i wish they could have done more with her sure yeah you get it so anything else john you got any anything that uh, we haven't covered yet that that is on your mind last jedi wise nothing that's kind of jumping out cool yeah all right. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think the general consensus is that we've all, upon further viewing, have gained more appreciation from for the film as opposed to where we were initially. Yeah, I think it kind of takes like those multiple viewings to pick up on the things. Sure. So let's make that the takeaway then. As yeah, if if, the if you're listening to this and you haven't, if you've seen the Last Jedi once, and maybe you haven't gone back because you're like me and you were feeling more in the negative zone or whatever, I encourage you to go. We encourage you to go back and see it again. Check it out and, um, you know, find out if you uh, if you see more on the second on the on the second go through. Um, you know share your experiences with us online of course uh, if you if you do do that uh, you can you can reach out you can find us the podcast online you can come find us at facebook.com slash pop cultish you can find us on twitter at b b e pop cultish or you can just come to the website at pop cultish.com gentlemen i appreciate you guys being here with me to to talk about this this hour plus we normally keep shows around a half hour or so but this one i knew was going to be supersized and i'm okay with that so we're gonna we're gonna officially call it a night and uh and and, and wrap it up but uh, i appreciate you guys being with me that's awesome so, thanks, for having, thanks us. for having me yeah of course no problem and thank you guys for listening as always and uh, until we catch you next time remember to be passionate be proud and be pop cultish take care